0: As-salamu alaykum, everyone. How are you guys? I hope that you guys are enjoying all the episodes that I've been putting out recently and I hope that this week's episode will also be something you like inshallah. So I have recently seen lots of reverts and this is not even recent. This is something that we you know always it's, it's always interesting to hear reverts talk about how their life changed after finding Islam and how they feel like you know not just them emotionally and spiritually but even in their everyday life in their work-life balance and their whatever it might be how much they feel like after converting to islam they felt like their life changed i love watching those babes bring out the popcorn like anytime i just know it's gonna end in tears and i know i'm gonna be emotional after watching it and i know that like i'll be a train of emotions and it's just like the most wholesome and cutest thing and i love that and i pray that allah guides you know just everyone i mean but i just i love watching reverts share their stories because i'm like "Mm, that's beautiful right there and then you know just this is something that i like to do and so i was like you know what's one thing i haven't heard is a lot of muslims that were raised muslim their entire life since they were young talk about how they feel like their life changed after turning to Islam. A lot of times they just share how, you know, they started to prioritize the deen over the dunya and then they felt like their life got better. They just felt more at peace and of course I felt that too. But today I kind of wanted to share why I feel like and how I feel like my life changed after I really started to focus on Islam and I just gave my life in that direction to my best ability and of course I still try to do that. In no way am I saying that like I am 100% dedicated and I am always just perfectly walking on the path of God. That is definitely not what I'm saying. But I do definitely try to make my living more intentional and make it for the sake of Allah and for what's to come in my ahira, inshallah. So these are just some things that I feel like I've noticed about myself that have changed, that I feel like have helped me also. And I hope that when someone hears this, this encourages them to change and they decide that they really like what they're hearing or they feel like they're in search for this and so inshallah here they also decide to give their life up and go more and more closer to islam and if you already have i hope that this just motivates you to keep going (laughs) inshallah so i do want to mention one thing which is obviously these are not the only things that i feel like has happened in my life ever since you know i really got closer to the dean there's so many more and i can talk about this for decades like you can give me a mic and fall asleep and everything and i will still be going on relentlessly because there's just so much i can say about this but these are just a few that came to my mind that i think would really really speak to other people and these were one of the first few that came in my mind so number one my hardships never went away but my ability to handle them was reborn i viewed life so much differently and a lot more of a positive light because i knew there was hope key term i knew so to talk about this one for a second the thing is for me personally i know growing up i did pray i did do all those things But I feel like that concept of having an emotional relationship with God was something that I never thought could be attained by me. I never thought it could be attained that easily. And I never thought that just talking to Allah could give you one of those things. I always felt like I pray, I read Quran, okay, that's fine. But like I never looked and even like going to Islamic classes, like outside of it, it just felt like something I had to do. And it wasn't something that I really realize how deeply it could affect your life, like, I didn't know how deeply all those things could affect you, and so for me, it was just something that I just did, and I didn't put much thought behind it, and then as time went on, like, I started to, obviously, especially in my, like, teen years, like, I went through so much at so once, and then just, like, growing distant from everything and everybody, and then heading down, like, a path that, you know, I just was not there I just was going I was going through it like just just, you it, just going through it and then I felt like over time even though yeah I was still praying I was still reading Quran like I felt like to some degree I was like who is God that was something that I always wondered because I felt like I didn't know of any Allah's attributes or 99 names like I didn't really understand them to an emotional level and as time went on I started to have this belief which was a very bad belief and I disagreed with it that only people that are super 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 certified knowledgeable people can have that type of good emotional intimate relationship with god that very very close relationship where you can tell allah anything where you can you know rely on allah like completely where like you're just fulfilled and content and like just at this age like i thought that that was just something that super knowledgeable people had that within itself was such a facade because even if you are super, super knowledgeable, that doesn't mean your hardships are going to go away. That just means you learn to cope better. That means you learn that I can sit down and talk to Allah deeply. I can sit down and have deep conversations and I can talk to Allah, make Allah, and I can pray. And praying has so many beautiful benefits behind it and so many beautiful things that it does for me as compared to just thinking it's something I have to do. When there's there's just so much behind everything and when you learn those things, it really strengthens your emotional relationship with God. However, I felt like For me, I just was not going to be good enough for that. I just never felt like I was. And so in my preteens, I just assumed that that was a concept that was more for people that were way more knowledgeable. And that's it. Like the end. That's the end of the story. And to be quite frank with you, I'm going to be 100% honest. And I take accountability that this is solely my thoughts on this. I think this is a universal thing. If your relationship with God is struggling or you're not closer to God, God is not the one that has left. God is not the one that has stepped away. Allah is always there and he's always, you know, ready. We can always ask for forgiveness. We can always ask for what we want. Like it's always, it's always there. It's us who step away or it's us who don't acknowledge this relationship because we choose to be ignorant. And we all have had phases in our life where we're ignorant, where we don't necessarily want to learn or if we do learn, we're not learning it really so incorrectly. So for me, it was kind of like that. I feel like my biggest fears, and I've talked about this before, at the time was I was very, very scared of gaining an emotional relationship with Islam and, you know, just all of that period because I was afraid that what if one day I find out something and and Islam is not the truth. That was my biggest fear. And I, for years, I felt like, again, like I said, I was praying, I still had, like, a good, decent relationship with God. I wasn't, you know, on the uh, wrong spectrum. I was still praying, I was still reading, like, I still you know, was mindful of Islam, I was so mindful of the deen, but when it comes to the emotional and, you know, just the root concept of it, to a big extent, I felt like it just, I just wasn't worthy of it, right? And so as time went on, my base fear really developed was that I knew the hardships of life were just getting worse on me. And like, I was coming to a point where I was like, I don't know if I can keep going. And at that point, I had to make the conscious decision of, do I want to live as if i'm going to not make it till tonight every day or do i want to choose to understand that there's hope and choose to understand that me staying in the position that i'm in right now within itself is a big risk it's a big risk for my life it's a big risk for my ahirat it's a big risk for everybody like it's a big risk i was growing distant from everyone i was just not on right his space. like it's a big risk on on this period i'm waking up living my life like this my health wasn't the best at the time like it's a big risk period you're living like this out of what fear out of the fear that oh what if one day you gain like this really close relationship with islam and someone comes around and says something to you like oh islam's not the truth because blank 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 and you don't have the answer what are you gonna do and i just felt like that was something i wasn't ready for but at the same time I started thinking to myself, and it was like it was like a series of a few nights where like I was really down bad, and like a series of a few nights where it started to get to me, and I was like, look, I'm saying that I'm scared of trying to figure out religion and trying to figure out Islam, but God has still been so nice to me that He keeps me praying, despite all of these years where I felt so confused and hurt and lost. I always believed Islam was the truth for sure, but having to discover and find Islam on my own like outside of the fact that your parents raised you from it like truly finding it was something i was scared to do and it was something that i did in like small small interval intervals and then i quickly pulled back like i used to do it and then i used to kind of like read do some research i just quickly pull back and I'd be like okay that's good that's good that's good and i was slowly inclining like that but i knew that there were some questions some things that i had that i needed answers for and just some things period that i felt like it was it was time for me to you know go head on and really look at it like why am i a muslim that was the thing and the answer was like oh because i know Islam's the truth how do you know and so like there were so many of those things and i have an episode by the way if you're in the state of mind it's really really down it's called why islam is the truth or something like the signs that led me to islam and that's just like a really brief um talk on some of the things that got me here so I recommend listening to that if you feel like you're stuck in this state of mind. But now my, alhamdulillah, 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 my faith is so firm that I don't, I'm fine. Like, you really can't shake me when it comes to Islam. I think that the thing is, I my biggest fear was also, I didn't want to do a confirmation bias. Oh, my, fam, my family raised me this way, so that's why I'm Muslim. And I didn't want to do that. But one of the big things that spoke to me within itself was I used to like seek for signs. And I used to be like, oh, I want to know if Islam is the truth and whatever, whatever, whatever within itself the fact that I was praying the fact that no matter what happened I couldn't let go of it even if I felt like oh I don't know what I'm doing I feel confused I feel lost I feel sad I feel hurt this happened happened," like I would I would always still pray and it was something that I again like some days since you know I was this was something since I was young like something that my parents have taught me to do alhamdulillah so even then outside of it I just felt like over time it became something that I couldn't not to like if I was about to go to bed and I was like I couldn't imagine going to bed without praying like that's what I'm trying to say like I can't imagine ever sleeping through Fajr and being like oops I missed it like that was just not a concept in my mind like I still felt that guilt I still felt those feelings and I was like clearly you believe Islam is the truth because you wouldn't believe the sense of authority or the sense of if I don't do that this to happen if it wasn't the truth but that within itself was a big factor but then I started like actually doing research right and when I actually started doing all that And then I actually started gaining the gut in me to start doing comparative religion research, which was scary for me. It was so scary. Because, like, I remember I used to be sitting there, like, trying to read different books and do different stuff. And I talked to so many different knowledgeable people about this. Like, my heart was like, drop whenever I was about to get an answer. Because, like, I felt so committed and I really was like, I want Islam and I want nothing more than this. And I want guidance. And I can promise you one thing. And I always tell everybody this when you truly ask Allah for guidance, there is no way He would turn you away. This could mean any single scenario in your life. I've had to make some life changing decisions. and if the night before i sat there and i really called out to allah and i was like allah i desperately need your guidance and full-heartedly sincerely i can promise you the next day he gave me his guidance he guided me to what's best and i can promise you that one thing allah will always give you is guidance if you're seeking for it and so that was the thing with me where i really wanted it and i just wanted to be firm i I, allah has given us a brain a rational logic for a reason you have to use these things you cannot be blind and if you choose to be blind it's going to be very very weak Blind faith is beautiful when you are certain your faith is true. And when I became certain, not just for my own, you know, belief, but also logically and rationally and how everything lined up, I was like, this is it. This is it. And I found it for me. And I remember the series of like couple months, maybe heading to a year where like I used to do research, I used to talk to some friends, I used to talk to some knowledgeable people, read some books. I was just going back and forth on that cycle. And then slowly but surely, like, I got firm and I was like, yeah, Islam's the truth. I'm certain all this. And it's the truth. And if I can sit here and live a life thinking that, you know, finding out about whether it's the truth or not is a risk because I was afraid that it might not be the risk that I was taking living the life of just being depressed, not being good enough with my own potential, you know? When we say that not living the right way or saying that we're on the wrong path, people instantly think of like the haram extreme. That, for some people, is the case. But for me, it was more of the fact that I, I still stand by this today and I take accountability I was not living up to my fullest potential. And I can 100% say that without a doubt. I was depressed. I was not doing things that I felt like was truly good for me. And I knew in those moments as well that I was not living up to my fullest potential. I 100% knew in those moments that I was strong and I was choosing to be weak. I 100% knew in those moments that I was capable of doing more and I was not doing more. I 100% knew in that moment that if I tried my hardest, God would meet me at my short ends and he would help me. I was the one that was not doing my part because I was just so scared. I was just so down. Bad. I was just going through so much the dunya had me so like just broken but when I really started to take those conscious slow 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 steps things changed it's not about the speed of where you're going it's about the direction of where you're going and for me After I found the direction and I was certain that Islam is the truth, I never minded my speed. I had other people around me that would judge me or people that would say, You don't know this? How do you not know this? How do you not know this? How do you not know that? Or judgmental people, period. But I did not care because it was about my speed. And it was about my direction towards the right place. When my direction got right, I didn't care how fast, how slow, whatever I was going. Other people cared about speed. I didn't care about speed that much. My worry about speed was that I just hope it's going to the right place. That's it. So my biggest thing that I would always tell you guys, especially like I've talked to some people. They're like, I'm 40. I'm a mom now. I have two kids. And now I'm actually learning about Islam. And I'm like, I love this religion. I want to do it. But I don't even know the bare minimum. And I'm like, so? What, that, that doesn't mean you, you can't do it you obviously can you can dive straight in and decide that you want to start praying five times a day you want to read quran you want to do this you want to do that obviously should already be doing those things but i've talked to so many moms that are like literally 40 and you know have their kids in their own life and they're like but i just feel like now it's time for me to focus on this it's always been the time but now i feel like god has truly like awakened something in me and i just feel guided and whatever 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 And at that point, they just feel ashamed. They feel ashamed going to Sunday classes. They feel ashamed learning things that people that might be 13 know that they don't. But the biggest thing that I would always say is like, your speed does not matter. Your direction matters. The information that you learn is valuable and you try your best to apply. And of course, there's certain things that we should be learning and doing already as Muslims that are obligations upon us. There's no excuse for it. But your speed does not matter. It really doesn't. I know that when I wanted to start just learning Islamic knowledge, period, I was like, I'm behind. Why am I behind? They said I was behind. Who is they? Let's talk about who is they. We always have this concept in our culture and our society. They said I was behind. They said I was not good enough. What will the people say? What are they going to say? Who are they? Really, like, who are they? And really, who gave them the authority to say crap? Like, y'all ever thought about that? What do we say when we're like, who are they? Oh, you know, cultural people. Oh, you know, my family around me. Oh, you know, people in the community. Oh, do you even know half of those people like that? That's the funny part. Majority of us don't. And even if you do, that's cool, great. But they're just they. They. That's it. It's just they. That's it. Who are they? What are they going to say? they that's it that's all it is you do not put so much emphasis on they that's it we gave these people the qualifications and the authority to dictate our lives who are they what are they going to say how are they going to act are they going to like what i'm doing are they going to feel happy about this oh my god what's everybody going to say when i do something outside of my culture what's everybody going to say when i decide that i want to start dressing more modest who are they and why do we care so much about what they say Their words only have a value if you give them a value. I know so many people that have done very, very bold things outside of their culture, Islamically correct, but outside of their culture. And it was always like, oh, what are people going to say? What are they going to say? Can you believe that? People are going to say this about you. And let me tell you, they're living their best lives. Because they did not give the they, them, those people, any type of authority. Those people only have authority in your life if you give them the authority and the qualifications to talk about you and to dictate your behavior. As simple as that. You decide today that you want to change up your ways. You know, I know some people, before being guided to Islam, they they used to dress a very type of way. They used to dress very, very just, you know, not modest at all. And then they got guided to Islam and then they started dressing modestly. You know, they're wearing abayas, hijab, all the nine yards, right? And people are like oh you were naked yesterday now you're covered today and then they start to feel very down about that because those people said those things but who are they who cares what they say whether that's your parents i'm sorry or whether that's culture community people that are not understanding you we should always listen to what our parents say but you should also remember that islam comes before that so when someone is trying to track you off of the correct path remember what allah says about that there is no reason to give they these random people in your community that you see once a year or if if we're being generous twice a year on, on Eid, come on, be for real. Are you really about to make all the decisions in your life based off of these people that you see maybe once or twice in a year, maybe sometimes at the masjid, maybe for 20 minutes at Jummah? Like, come on, man. Like, be men up. If you're a woman, woman up. Come on. Like, we have got to make better decisions for ourselves. At the end of the day, we are the ones that are going to live with the decisions that we make. That's it not them, not they, that person's not going to live with it, the auntie in the community is not going to live with the decisions I make, I'm going to live with them, so when someone says this is good, you should go for it, thanks, I appreciate your opinion, but I'm going to live with this decision, so I'm going to see if this decision's good, you only can get swayed as much as you allow them to sway you, really, and I know it's not an easy mindset, and I struggle with it too, but like, come on, Stop giving these random community, they, who, what will they say type of folks, any type of authority. It matters when they're saying stuff that is Islamically correct. When they're actually trying to guide you, when they're actually trying to help you. And I stand by that as well. So many teens knock on, you know, People at the masjid, or older aunties and uncles, when they give them proper Islamic advice, saying, "I don't need to care what you say." Yeah, absolutely, you do because when someone is giving you Islamic advice, it matters. It matters. We do not turn away Islamic advice and say, "Oh, you worry about yourself." We do not do that. But when someone is guiding you in a negative direction, not helping you get closer to your Deen, is impacting you negatively. Is telling you to, you know, leave Islam. You say like, Mm-mm-mm. you need to differentiate, and that's why I always say consult with your decisions and what you're going to do with Allah first, and what you know the sunnah of quran say and then you know you made the right decision and whoever supports you whoever is telling you to do the right thing is by your side whoever doesn't you know exactly what type of authority they deserve but as i was initially saying we got kind of sidetracked but just generally going on the direction i was going in, i was happy because i knew islam was the truth and then i alhamdulillah i'm still going on that direction may god keep me that way i mean but i don't really care too much about my speed I'm doing things that I love to do. I'm learning the way that I love to learn. Places I love to learn. Doing the things I love. And I don't really care what anyone else has to say about that. My journey religiously is not a comparison to somebody else. It's between me and Allah. It's not between me and some third party. It's just me and Allah. That's it. And at the end of the day, since I knew I was heading in the right direction. Because I truly firmly learned that what I was believing in was 100% true. And Allah would be there with me through thick and thin. I started to know that there was hope at the end of every tunnel I knew and I still know (laughs) that there is hope at at the end of every dark tunnel because once you become so certain that I know what I'm investing and living my life and is correct and it's true and I agree with it I start to feel a sense of relief In a sense of that, I know God got me. Like, at the end of anything, God will be there. God will help me. God will walk me through this. And God will bring me out of it. If God put me in it, he knew that this was better for me. He knew that putting me in this path which might seem dark right now, is going to bring so much better light to my life, then okay, let's go. And that's the type of certainty that you need to gain. That when God puts you in those dark places, you know he's going to bring you more light in your life than you ever had before. Trusting Allah, trusting the deen, trusting Islam, and truly gaining this emotional relationship with God is going to change your life. Your hardships might not go away, but your ability to handle them becomes better because now you know what you're believing in, what you're doing, how you're living, and what you're living for changes. I can promise you one thing for a fact that one of the big things that I always used to think about before I really got closer to the dean was when I used to go through a hardship, I used to think, wow, it's just going to get worse from here. Like at one point, I'm going to lose my capacity. And I was near thin straw losing my capacity. And I genuinely started to get so concerned because I was like, I can't make it through this. How am I going to make through what happens in the future? Like it became that type of worry of... I'm not necessarily worried for the future, I'm just worried for future me when she goes through something else. And when I caught Islam in the picture and I really started to get focused in on it, I learned that like now any a hardship comes, my mind doesn't think, oh it's gonna get worse than this, you won't be able to handle it, like that does, those thoughts don't come anymore. Like I don't feel like I've ever, alhamdulillah, it's a blessing from Allah, It's nothing in it revolves with me but it's just a blessing from Allah. I think that now, like, anytime anything happens, I'm like, man, this sucks, right? But it's not. It's not ideal. It's the dunia's nature. You know, you have patience. You get through it. But at the end of the day, like, I feel like I have this certainty that, like, no matter how flimsy I may feel, how weak I may feel, how much I may lack in tawaka, like, and no matter where I'm standing, I'm still trying. I know that Allah will help me in the end. Like, I know the hardship will pass. And that's something that was just newfound peace for me that it will pass and i don't think that a lot of people will understand this but if you've been in something where you feel like you're drowning and you're wondering when it will pass and you see no hope and then coming to a part in your life where you find something a religion and you just find period like this sense of comfort within you that you know no matter what like god has has your back it's the best feeling in the world you don't have to rely on anybody else you don't have to think that this person is going to save you while you're drowning god is going to be there and he has always been faithful god is always faithful he has never failed anybody he has never let down or let you you know he's just never failed anybody he's never allowed anybody to fail why would he start with me and you there's always hope which leads me to my second point Which is, I learned how to make sacrifices and this is going to obviously require an explanation. I'm not perfect at making sacrifices, I'm not perfect at letting things go, especially if you get attached to something so quickly and you love something a lot, it's very difficult to let it go, I know, but I've learned how to make sacrifices that I could never ever in my life imagine making before, that I could never imagine in my life ever making, period certain sacrifices that i never thought i had the capacity to leave i thought that there were so many things in my life that i could never leave things that i loved so much that i was like there's no way i can leave this for the sake of allah and then i left those things and i'm not the same person anymore i've allah has blossomed and growed my life in so many amazing ways by letting go of one thing for him and i can promise you that counts amount of times there's never been a time that i said i'm gonna leave this for allah and i did not get tenfold in return i can tell you that with my whole chest and i can tell you that with 100 percent confidence right i've learned to make sacrifices and i've learned to let go of things and it's been very different because back in the day you know if someone says like how about you let go of this but you love it you just don't have a big enough reason on top of that you're just like well i love it so i'm keeping it whatever i don't care you know that's just kind of how that draws but now for me, like if I ever see a video and they're saying like, oh, don't do this, Allah doesn't like this, don't do this, Allah's not fond of this, I will at least try my best to make a sacrifice and let it go. You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm deeply attached to something. Now again, this does not mean that, oh, I commit no sins and I have let go of it. No, no one's saying that. But I'm just saying again. Generally, this has nothing revolved around me. This is not me bragging about myself or saying that I'm capable of doing these things. I have absolutely zero capacity to do these things. I've lived a very long life being down bad, and it was Allah that had the mercy on me to get me out of that. (laughs) Otherwise, no. And that's how I think it is for everybody. I think it's Allah that has the mercy that gets us out of it. But I'm like, I'm now making a sacrifice it's become easier. Like it's become more meaningful. Now, whether that sacrifice for everyone, it could be different. For some girls, their sacrifice could be the fact that they really, 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 you know, love the way that they look without their hijab. They know hijab's an obligation. And so they decide to give up these friends these people around them that encourage them to not wear the hijab they sacrifice those friends they sacrifice those bad habits they get rid of them no matter how deeply they may love them they put on the hijab they fulfil the obligation there is no running from the obligation and i will make that clear and i always will if we fail to live up to a commitment or an obligation that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed us there is no running away from it. There is no justifying it. And there is no saying that I'm waiting till I'm ready for it. There's never going to be a time you're going to be ready for it. When girls say that they're going to wait to wear the hijab until they're ready, it's nothing more than shaitan waswasa. You're never going to be ready for it. When people sit there and say that I'm going to wait till I'm ready to pray, you're never going to be ready to pray. This is not how that works. Some things are just about getting up and starting. There is no excuse when it comes to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said we have to do. And I will never ever quote that. And I pray that Allah protects me from doing that as well. If I already have, I mean, but there is no excuse. And that's my point here. There's no excuse. So whatever sacrifice you have to make, what, what might feel like a sacrifice in your heart, you make that thing. If you are in a haram relationship and you know relationships are haram, you know, doing zina whatever, whatever, as much as you might deeply, dearly love this person, you make the sacrifice and you let go of it. Because you know that at the end of the day, you weren't supposed to be in, in the first place. Allah does not approve of this. It's not right. It's haram that that within itself is enough but you also remember that when you let go of something for allah allah will grant you something so much more better and this can even be in things that are not haram if you have certain habits that you think are not necessarily pushing you and helping you become a better muslim when you let go of those habits allah will reward you for them it's simple as that my purpose and my reasonings of making sacrifices became bigger because i knew that not only was there hope at the end of the tunnel i knew that i would get something better and when i started to get this reassurance that I was on the right path making the right decisions because I know God is with me because I learned who God was and I learned what religion was I became so much more confident in making sacrifices I became so much more confident in the ability of what's meant for you won't miss you because as much as it might hurt to leave something God would never make you leave something and not give you better whether better is what you want at a different time or whether better is something better period God will give it to you and you need to have that type of certainty and that faith that when you are worshipping him, you are trying to serve Allah, you are trying to do your best towards Allah, why won't he listen to you? Allah would never fail you. And I remember a Mufti who once told me this and he said, you are always trying in your best capacity to serve Allah. Why do you think he would not answer you? Why do you think he would not help you? Your job is to keep the tawakkul and expect good. You are serving Allah. You are trying to walk on the path of Allah. Why will he not listen to you? The can change your life in immense amount of ways and it can transform your life and when you believe in the certainty, this abundance that my life has beautiful things awaiting for me and there's so many amazing things that can come for me, that will come for me, that I am going to receive. When I let go of these bad habits, these bad people, these bad things, and I make that sacrifice solely for Allah why would Allah not see it? Why would Allah say, 'Mm, it is what it is? No, He would never. He sees it, He acknowledges it, and He knows how hard it is on your heart. Allah knows the condition of every single person's heart. He knows how hard it is on your heart. He would never let it go in vain. You will not only see, inshallah, maybe the reward of it on this life, but definitely in the next. That's for a fact. If you get to see it in this life, that's amazing, that's beautiful, but the real one is still to come, which is in the next life. All the beauties that we're experiencing from the good deeds that we do, from the sacrifices that we make, from the gifts that we have found, from turning to Islam, these are just on the dunya level. Imagine what's waiting for us in the Ahirut. If you have noticed amazing miracles after you started serving your community, after you started serving the people around you, doing more Islamic work, you notice that your life changes. I know I've noticed my life has changed. I've seen progressive lots of ways that after i started doing my podcast after i started just trying my best to be there and try my best to be more involved in a community setting and help people to my best ability which again i'm not perfect at but just try my best at it i have noticed that allah has opened up doors and has done miracles for me and has helped me when i thought no one can help me sometimes some people come to you for help and allah has given them your address it is Your job, Allah has allowed you to be the means between to help them. Obviously, all help and all healing and all change comes from Allah. But if Allah has granted you the permission and the ability to be the means in between, to be the road in between, to help someone, to heal someone through His, obviously, at the end of the day, it's His power and His will, and Allah has chosen you, take that with an honor and do it. But at times of crisis, I remember I used to think, I'm there for everybody who's there for me. God was always there. And I can attest to that very, very firmly. That help people, serve people, be there for people, help the heartbroken, help people that are going through it. Because Allah will always be there for you. And even then, try your best with your relationship to Allah and Allah will be there. But it's just an immense and beautiful feeling that you feel when you know that, inshallah, God accepts it. That you are trying your best to help other people with their iman and their life and Allah will... Allah sees it. He's not allowed to go to vain. And the beauties that you're experiencing in your life right now, whether that's getting all your du'as answered after you started serving a community, which happens for lots of people where when they really start to change their life and they start to help people and focus on, you know, helping the heartbroken and caring and really being there for everybody, they notice that Allah always answered their du'as. They notice that they were always getting good things. They notice that they were always blessed. And by always answering your du'as, it doesn't mean you get 100% what you want. That just means that Allah has always blessed you with so much goodness and hair in your life that you never felt like you could imagine and you see the good that you give come back all of that is just around this dunya imagine what's waiting for you your ahara, inshallah so again even outside of this just having a good relationship with allah allah can bless you and give you so many amazing things but truly caring for that sense of environment and making those sacrifices it changes your life which also leads me to number three which was that i gained a sense of certainty that no matter how big a mountain might be i know that i can overcome it i gained a sense of certainty also in my everyday life when it came to the way that i live going to school working whatever it might be i gained a sense of certainty that i knew that there was a few things i had to do every day i knew i had to pray i knew i had to Quran. i knew i had to do things like i started to get more certain about how and when to put islam in my schedule which was a really good decision that i never regret and i hope i can upheld for the rest of my life after coming and getting closer to islam and Putting in the time of your day to study something, listen to a beneficial lecture, to get involved in Islamic work. That is, like I said, it changes your life. And to get involved in those things, helping other people build up beautiful projects, helping the knowledgeable people in your community put out things, just getting involved like that, it really does amazing things for you because now your day is not just spent chasing worldly dunya things. you are not just going to school, coming home preparing for a chemistry final, now you have some things that are more intentional, more meaningful, more active. You are putting in the intention and the effort to do this for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're helping this person for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You are starting to serve your community and do good things for people around you, for God. And what is more beautiful than the fact that someone is trying to take care of the hearts of others for that sake? There is this quote that I love and I actually had it as my wallpaper for like months what it essentially said was if you take care of the hearts of the people allah will take care of your heart and i love that one and actually another one that i really really love is actually in my spotify bio in my spotify page and it's just a part of a hadith where it says whoever relieves a muslim of a burden from the burdens of the world allah will relieve him of a burden from the burdens on the day of judgment i love it like this is, these are things that i feel like motivates you to do so much better And keeping these things in mind and genuinely writing them, hanging them up on where you work or putting them as your wallpaper and just remembering them and reflecting on them, it does amazing things for you because now when you are involved in helping your community, helping this person, you know, and I feel like here's another thing that a lot of people are not going to say, but I'm going to say people have this very big mindset. That you have to be out there doing the biggest things. Sometimes the most noble acts are the acts that a lot of people don't want to do. Like cleaning up after an event (laughs) at the masjid. After a very, very beneficial gathering and people had a great time. And everyone's like, oh, that was so fun. And then they're leaving. You're like, oh. And you clean up not because, oh, you want the compliments from the people. It's not about the people knowing. It's just about the fact that this is a place where people come to worship. And if you, in some way, shape or form, can clean up that place and help reset it up and, you know, Get it all organized for all the people that come to pray, think about the reward that you could be potentially receiving. I saw this video where the sheikh talked about how he learned from a very, very knowledgeable, very, very knowledgeable, um, you know, I'm above him and he was a very knowledgeable guy. Um and one day he comes into his school and he sees his teacher cleaning the toilet. And he's like, oh my goodness, like, you're so knowledgeable. You're this, you're that, you're that. Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you cleaning the mustache toilet? Like, why are you doing all this? And the teacher was like, since when did that equate to anything? Because at the end of the day, I am here to serve my people. I'm here to serve this. And yes, okay, I might be knowledgeable. I might have studied from so and so and so and so. I might have knowledge, whatever. And I might teach a bunch of people, whatever. But these are the things that a lot of people don't no want to do, no one does it, no one knows. He, no one would have known that his teacher was even cleaning the bathroom. No one would have known, unless his student at the time saw No one would have known these things. And it's a secret deed that you would be t- do between you and Allah that you might not want to do. You might not be a fan of cleaning the bathroom. And I'm not saying that all oh, y'all gotta go get up and grab a scrub daddy and a mop and go to y'all's mush his bathroom and say, hey, I'm here to scrub. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying like, when you see an opportunity But I mean, if you want to go for it, but really like if you see the opportunity to do something good and even if it's not something conventional, a lot of people don't think of cleaning up after in the masjid as something that will get you good deeds. People think that setting up the event, setting up, helping organize it would be the reward since people are going to come. But think about all the people that are going to pray. In that masjid after they leave, after, you know, just the weeks go by when you help clean it up and you make it easier and more accessible for someone else to come in and pray. Think about all the times that you know, all the times that you sent there you spent cleaning, helping, taking care of an environment, making it a safe place for people to come and they come there to, you know, read Quran, whatever it might be. Like there are so many rewards and little things that nobody thinks about. Think about it. Think about doing those things. It can be organizing it can be cleaning like it's just the little things that you don't even know how but you will get the inshallah the and the reward for it so it doesn't have to be anything grand doesn't have to be anything big doesn't have to be out there of course you can help the knowledgeable muftis sheikhs and imams, whoever in your community and help them with whatever they might need help with but you can also be just a person who's there sometimes just being there offering help within itself is very very sweet Hmm, sweet. Where did that word come from? <laughs> sweet. It is very, very, um, it's very, very sweet. Why does say sweet? I feel like sweet doesn't fit in the sentence. It's fine. It's a great thing to do and I 10 out of 10 recommend you guys to pick up on those things that a lot of people might not have thought about. Make a routine if you're part of a certain, you know, Sunday school or you're part of a certain thing where you know that... Every Wednesday I'm gonna to go to the masjid and this is gonna happen. Every Tuesday I'm gonna go to the masjid, this is gonna happen. You can offer to do something. Now you wake up Tuesday mornings, you have a structure. You know that after school I'm gonna go here and I'm gonna go help out here and I'm doing this for the sake of Allah and it's gonna be intentional. Like your routine has now become more structural. And I felt that in my own life, when I started getting more involved in Islamic stuff, making podcasts, doing stuff, I know that okay, every you know Friday, Saturday I'm gonna upload an episode throughout the week. Like I'm working on editing them and fixing them. This inshallah here, I hope Allah accepts it from me. You know, hopefully will be Hasanagam and inshallah. Please, please, everybody make the make the pause five seconds. May Allah accept it. I mean. Anyway. Inshallah, Allah will accept it, right? All jokes aside. Um, so it creates a structure. Even outside of getting involved, if you live in a place where there's no Muslims, which I know I I've done that, and then it really wasn't until I started going to school and just being around more Muslims that eventually that started happening. Um, and then I just, you know, as I grew up and just started going out more. <laughs> if you're around a place where there's not that many Muslims, do something for your household. Do something for your people. The best of you is the best to your families. It's very important. Be good to your family. You should not be good to everybody and a monster. at hmm, That's something we should avoid. I read this thing once and it was like, what good is a husband if he is a hero to everybody else but a monster to his own women and I mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. get some water that water I I I agree because that's the thing with most men they're like oh I'm so tired get out of my way and they're rude to like to their own wives and their daughters and their children and, and they're like these angelic little heroes outside boy come on but it is what it is just try your best to be good to everybody but this ties in with my next point which essentially says how learning about and you know being involved in Islamic work and doing things like that really does teach you a lot about Allah because when you start to dedicate your time and you start to see what you're using your time for it changes not just you and your life but also how you start to perceive God because now you are spending so much more time dedicated worshiping or serving, you know, people for the sake of Allah, that things change. There's this quote by Ibn Jose who said that if you want to know your value with your Lord, look at how, look to how He is using you and what actions He has kept you busy with. And this ties in with three and everything like I said above. When you start to see how Allah is using you and how your time is going, it really says a lot because you start to generally feel His love around you. You start to genuinely feel all of this goodness around you and barakah around you because you know that god has blessed you enough to do these things i actually have these quotes that i really like i'm gonna read them to you right now and so this quote's by Ibn al-qayyam it says whoever calls to the love of allah allah will love him i love this one another thing i want to preface is if you're someone who's not comfortable being directly out in the spotlight i guess you could call it or just directly being very very open on social media but you want to call people to love allah there are so many ways that you can help people that are already in positions that might already have organizations already might have podcasts or brands and help them out in ways and get so much reward for it i know one of my closest friends that i've recently made who's actually my manager she popped up at a thin air literally the sweetest girl felt like a dua came true just dm me one day and it's like hey let's you know and we just hit it off and she's so talented mashallah she handles everything and she does so much i don't even know how she does so much but like she works with different blogs different podcasts different organizations different islamic companies just she's always out there she recently took these classes with which she shared her experience for as so that is one of her main motivators, because she does so much. Shiro alaikum everyone. I hope you guys are doing well. My name is Lamisa. Some of you may know me already, as I work with Hera for this podcast behind the scenes. I'm here today to tell to share my experience with Rubada. It's an online academic program that offers courses in Islamic sciences, Arabic, the Quran for women. Firstly, I have to give a shout out to my lovely teacher, Tamara cray As I said in my last episode, I told y'all about her last time too. She's really good. The most enthusiastic and loving teacher anyone can have. The course I chose was called foundations, flounderings, and fate, and it's one people have taken more than once, which I think is telling for how good it was. Our class was so natural, friendly, open, kind of like this podcast, which meant I was able to make friends very quickly, and as this episode comes out, registration's already open. The last thing that I want to mention is if you're like me, and you work, with a bunch of islamic organizations or want to but feel like you have a lack of islamic knowledge and want to grow in that area then you should definitely check rabata out my new year's resolution this year is to learn more about my religion and the history of islam that is so sweet shout out to her for writing her reflection i appreciate you so much as i hope you know that already i bet she knows that already but yeah thank you so much for your reflection and just like she said the registration for rabata opens up january 1 closes january 17th so go check it out they have level one courses that they have you know throughout which are international easy homework very very beneficial about like the prophets reflection of the quran great stuff the link is in my bio if you have any questions you can just text me about the courses and i'd love to help One of the big reasons why I'm telling y'all this is also because so many people DM me and they're like, I want to do this, I want to do this, but I don't want to go post myself. I don't want to be, you know, publicly out there. I don't want to do it myself. I want to help people. I'm telling you, there's so many people that run podcasts, Islamic organizations that run so many big things. Just shoot your shot, bro. Like, you don't even realize how much reward you get. People think that being the person behind the scenes gets no reward. That's far from the truth. The people that help those people put out content that help set up stuff that hope they're just there to make things easy. I don't think they even know how much ajr inshallah they're getting from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because it's not easy being the one managing, you know, emails and this and that and helping the episode go up and producing it and editing it and doing this and doing that and running this and running that. Like it's a lot of work and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah blesses it's barakah and goodness in your time especially when you are helping other people and you are all working together on a big project. So if you have a company, an organization, someone, something, something, whatever even your local masjid that you want to start working for or you want to start, you know, helping Hoping out, do just shoot your shot. Like, I know for her, my manager, she really just slid in the DMs, bro. Like, that's it. That's how we that's how we hit it off. You just gotta shoot your shot with people. And you don't even know. Like, you really don't. You don't really know where you can end up. I've seen so many people end up in amazing, amazing high places by just applying, by just shooting the shot. Because a lot of times we don't do the basic things because we think, oh that's weird. But when you do it, you, you really don't know who's seeking for what or where Allah has you placed for what is ready for you so just take your chances I 10 out of 10 recommend doing what she said and I 10 out of 10 recommend taking courses doing different things especially if you're a girl I know I like Rabatah a lot just women period it's all for women and I find that so important especially since you know we have this concept culturally that women should not be educated which is berserk it's flapper casting pull out the whole dictionary right here it's insanity but like with the it's beautiful they teach you what you need to know and they really make sure that you are getting educated from islam not from culture and i find that so valuable especially as a woman but even then just women period like it's so important to seek knowledge it's an obligation on all of us equivalently it's an obligation on all of us and If you feel like you're not confident enough, you're not good enough, you don't know enough, like you need to take that first step to get out there and learn. That first step, you need to take it. You can't just sit there in your room and be like, well, I'm not good enough, so I'm not going to do anything. No, you take that first step. You join those classes. You go out there. You you achieve your goals. You do what needs to be done. You don't just sit there and say, well, I'm not going to do anything because I don't think I'm worthy. The biggest changes come from starting up and just trying. Finally, my last point on how I feel like my life really changed after Islam. So much of this was really mental and emotional changes, which really drive my physical. And changes just in my everyday life. If you guys couldn't tell already, so much of the changes that comes to you comes to you in a spiritual and mental aspect, an emotional aspect. You learn to deal with people better. You learn to heal yourself better, and all of these points go hand in hand because it all starts off with understanding that there's hope. Understanding that things get better. Understanding that anything is you know you can overcome anything. Then when you gain that mindset, and you become stronger. Then you decide to go branch out and do more good deeds, whether that's helping people, learning knowledge doing anything to help someone else, whatever, you start to grow and you start to do more things in your physical life, which also obviously positively impact your mental and your emotional and everything else. At the end of everything, the biggest closing thing that I really, I feel like I learned is it's never that deep. (laughs) That's it. That's, that's, it's really never that deep. I feel like in life, the dunya's nature within itself is of hardship. That's it. There's no sugarcoating it. And obviously you get closer to Islam. A lot of times some of us get closer to Islam because of a hardship. We go through a hardship. It reminds us of Allah or we find Allah. Hardships are used to introduce yourself to Allah in a new light. You learn Allah about you learn about Allah in a new light. Like it's just it does something to you, right? Which is why so much of this is hardship revolved because even though like you go through hardships and you learn learns manage- manageable when you are even in the middle of the hardship when you have that mindset that i know there's hope you start to become more active and more capable to some degree of you know being able to keep up with your prayers you know praying voluntarily helping people etc but what i really learned at the root of everything is like it's never that deep like, just say it as it is. I'm going to be blunt. It's really never that deep. I've learned that life is really never that deep. And, like, I know that might sound bad, but I'm just saying it as it is. I know someone needs to hear this. Bestie, it's really not that deep. Like, We have a whole eternity to come that we're going to live for. And this dunya is nothing more than just a stepping stone to that. You are here. You are alive to gain good deeds, to do good things, to try your best in your prayers and your fasting and your zakah and your whatever. To make sure you fulfill what needs to be done, done, just so you can live a better life in eternity. Like, that's it. It. There's nothing else after that. And throughout this journey, you're going to try your best to gain good deeds, be good to your people, be good to everyone around you. And I remember so many times before Islam really came in my life and in the picture that deeply, I used to sit there when I was in a hardship and like I could never see anything outside of it. And I used to just sit there crying, bawling my eyes out, being sad how this is the only thing that's going on in my life. Allah has blessed you with things far beyond, far more than this hardship. And the hardship, this is is my opinion and this is how I like to go about it. Every hardship sucks. That's the nature of this dunya. We're not going to sugarcoat it. It sucks. And it's bound to happen. You're never going to be free from them. You're not going to wake up on an epiphany and have no hardships. It's not going to happen. However, coming to a point where you look at your hardship and you're like, Look, that sucks. But it's really not that deep. It's, it can only be so deep and it can only be so big to me as I let it be. Says something. And I can promise you that it also changes your life. When you are going through this big hardship that is eating every single second area of your life and you're like, I can't breathe, I can't sleep, I can't work, I can't focus, it's just distracting you and it's hurting you, it's time to sit down with that hardship. When we are in a hardship, what we do is we run away from it. We try to avoid it. We do things to make ourselves busy. We do things to distract ourselves, to keep our mind away from it, stop running from it. Let's be for real sit down with your hardship, shut the door, you know, spend some time away from people, from your family, from your friends. If you need to write it down, write it down. I know I do that. Sometimes you need to ask yourself very basic questions. Like, why am I going to school? Is my hardship related to school? You don't know what you want to be. Okay. Or if you're sad about someone, why are you sad about this person? Like, just blatantly ask yourself the questions that need to be asked. Why are you sad? And just list out everything. Everything. What makes you sad? What makes you happy? Why do I not like this? Why do I feel this way? That's it. Like there's nothing to it. The hardship is as deep as you let it be. And I'm not saying invalidate your feelings. But you also need to understand how long are you going to sulk about it. What a lot of people do is they don't actually confront and sit down with their hardship. They run away from it. With it chasing on its back, and they're thinking about it. They're thinking about it. They're thinking about how the hardship is getting to them, but they're not thinking about what they can do to get out of it. If there's anything you can do to get out of it, then do that, you know, in your physical control. If there's not, then there's not. That's it. If it's out of your hands, it deserves freedom from your mind. It's always been that simple. You have got to remember that no matter what happens, you are capable of doing so much. And the size of the hardship is not bigger than you. Allah promises you ease. Which means you know it's going to come. Like we said, when you know there is hope. You know Allah promises you ease. The ease is going to come. Don't worry. Don't sit there being like, "Well, when is it going to come? How is it going to come? Why? Should I be looking out for it? You don't got to do nothing. You do. You did your part. You call out to Allah. You keep a good relationship with Allah. You try your best in everything that you do. That's it. The hardship will go when the hardship is meant to go. So just be patient. You're going to get the reward of being patient anyway. The hardship's going to go over you regardless. The qadr of Allah is going to happen regardless. Whether you're patient, whether you're angry, whether you're salty, mad, devastated, in a state of disbelief, in a state of belief, whatever. It's going to go over you. The qadr of Allah is still going to happen. You cannot run from it. There's nothing you can do to escape it. You're still going to have to face it. So you might as well face it with beautiful patience. With knowing that there's hope. With knowing that there is ease. And with knowing that Allah is going to be there. Because He is. Allah has told you these things. I want to share a hadith which is a very beautiful one. It's long but it's really nice. So this is on the authority of Abu Abbas. Abdullah bin Abbas. May Allah be pleased with him. One day I was behind the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, riding on the same mount. And he said, O young man, I shall teach you some words of advice. Be mindful of Allah and Allah will protect you. Be mindful of Allah and you will not find him in front of you. If you ask, then ask Allah alone. And if you seek help, then seek help from Allah alone. And know that if the nation were to gather together to benefit you with anything, they would not benefit you except with what Allah has already prescribed for you. And if they were to gather together to harm you with anything, they would not harm you except with what Allah had already prescribed against you. The pens have been lifted and the pages have dried. Absolutely nothing in this life. That has come to you that you think is the worst, that you think is breaking you down, that you think will be the reason you die. None of it was against Allah's Qadr, it came from Allah's Qadr. Allah has allowed it to happen. Any bad someone else may have done to you, it was allowed. And at the end of the day, when you know that God has a better plan for you and you know He can get you out of that, it all it's not that deep, it, beca- it doesn't become that deep anymore let this moment be enough you literally can't do anything about the past i know that you might have been through some things in your past that felt like the most biggest you know nightmare of your life and it probably still haunts you today your past is just a past it's not a life sentence it's not something you have to live by it's not something you have to worship it's not something that you have to regret it's not something that you have to be resentful about every day you make toba about it you make sure you don't do those things again you had someone who left you in the past and it traumatizes you or hurts you even today. They left, crying about it, punching the walls, being sad, disobeying God, period. It's, it's not going to make it any better. You have something you want and you are mad that Allah is not giving it to you. Yet Allah already giving you so much that you never give thanks for. Did Allah ever take that away because you were ungrateful? No. We are so ungrateful to Allah and that is just the unfortunate reality. People don't want to hear that, I'm going to say it. We are ungrateful to Allah and I think that even if we spent a lifetime being grateful, it would never be enough to how much he's given us. Every single breath that we take, our functioning body in ways that we don't even imagine. The littlest parts of our bodies that play such big roles in just us functioning as a human being. Like There is so much that we do not give thanks for by far within ourselves imagine your everyday life your ability to wake up to have food in your fridge to have food already there for you to have money to have a job if you have one like and if you don't to have the ability to look for one to have functioning eyesight to have just a functioning body period like we are so blessed And the day we decide to notice that we are blessed and the day that we decide to decide, literally the day we decide to decide that we want to focus on the fact that this is not that deep, it will pass. I'm not going to live my entire life being a prison of a hardship that I know will leave. Lots of people are prisoners to their own hardship. You are a prisoner of the fact that something happened in the past. The hardship is done. It's gone. So many people that live in the past, like it's done. There's nothing you can do anymore. It happened the way that it happened. It sucked that it happened that way. It's fine. You repented. You tried to change your ways. Let's make sure it doesn't happen again. If you didn't do anything wrong and someone left you and you're hurt that they left you, they made that decision to leave. You can't make anyone stay. And you should never beg anyone to stay either. So many people are mourning at the loss of someone who's very much alive because that person decided to leave their life. And if it was that easy for that person to leave, why is it so hard for you to let go? Will you say, oh, because I cared, and because I love them and because I expected this. Except that it wasn't different. That's it. You know, sometimes you just got to come to that point that except it wasn't different. This person that you thought could have been, would have been the one, is not. Because if they were, they would have been here. They wouldn't have left the way that they did. They wouldn't have just ghosted you. They wouldn't have been okay with the fact that you were crying or hurt. They wouldn't have been okay with those things. Except that it, it was the time being it ended and that's it. There's nothing you can do about it. Living in denial and thinking, if I do this, if only I had done that, or if I do this tomorrow, nothing is going to change unless Allah wills for it to change. You want something, you've done everything in your power, make dua to Allah about it. If it's good, it will come. If it's not, it's fine. He'll give you something better. Don't get so deeply attached to anything. Life is not that deep. You are going to leave everything behind. Everything, including yourself, including your own body. The only things that are going to come with you is your good deeds. I remember my biggest fear in life was losing, detaching, having to just face loss, having to face betrayal, disloyalty, all of those things. And I shared that in the beginning of this episode where just trying to look into Islam, I loved Islam and I really wanted it to be the right religion for me. And of course it is, it's the right religion, whether it's for me or for anyone else, it's right religion, period. It's from Allah. Right, it's right. But, um... I know that I've just felt so scared because I was like what if I go in and then it doesn't work out or I find out something and I don't understand or I was very scared of my capabilities in completely understanding what is right and what's wrong until this day like obviously I don't know everything but like I was just so scared on coming to a point where I was like oh my god like what if it's not true I was scared of those emotions but at the same time taking that risk And being like, I don't care if I'm scared of, you know, feeling sad or finding out something that might not be something that I have the answer for. I will find the answer for it and I will take the time to ask knowledgeable people to do the research that needs to be done. Because living a life a type of way and, you know, just being involved in the dunya so deeply within itself is a risk. So why not just take the bigger risk of trying to figure out why you're here, your purpose, and everything else to come. Life is not that deep. Your purpose is not as accommodating and not as small and not as convenient as people want it to be. I have a quote on my wallpaper also at one point which says, Turns out my life purpose isn't supposed to be as small, silent, and accommodating and convenient as possible. Period. Your purpose in life is not this small. It's not supposed to be that convenient. And it's not supposed to be that accommodating. It's not supposed to be that easy for everyone else to take it in around you. Lots of people who might be non muslim will not understand why you take the time out of your day to pray five times a day why your purpose in life is to please allah why you are doing what you're doing for eternity that's to come so many people are short-sighted and they don't see the concept of an ahirat and so when you are someone who actively believes in a hereafter people find you crazy for that but it's okay my life's purpose is not this short-sighted and period any muslim Y'all's purpose is not that short-sighted. Allah has made you Muslim. That within itself is a blessing. That within itself comes with so many amazing blessings to unfold that you're going to discover every day. Your purpose is not that small. It's not that accommodating. It's not supposed to be that convenient for people to push you around and help you go into haram things. No. You need to stand your ground. You need to remember that things in this dunya are really not that deep. You need to fix what, you know, is important to you keep those things learn to move on from what's not good for you your future has not come yet so many people are literally prisoners to their future and the anxiety that comes with it anxiety that i don't know what's going to happen and how is it going to happen and why will it happen and should it happen and will they come back you aren't you don't even know if you're going to be alive you don't even know if you're going to be a part of that future And, like, you're planning dates and times and months and weeks and this and that. And what if you're not even alive? I remember one time I was talking to one of my friends and, like, I was telling her, I was like, look, I'm very concerned about my life's timeline because I want to do this to this from this time to school. And I want to, you know, be potentially married by this time. And I want this to be done by this time and this time. And, like, I just feel stressful. I just, I'm sorry, I just feel stressed. And she was like girl, what if you're not even alive? And I'm like, girl, you're right. (laughs) You're right. What if I'm not even alive? Like, you plan out this timeline and you're stressed that you're behind. Your timeline, your timeline, I'm sorry, but, like, it's just the timeline, bro. It's just, it's gonna happen the way Allah wants it to happen. You can make a timeline. You can decide that this is how I want things to go, but the timeline is still gonna go the way that Allah wants a timeline to go. So, like, you can decide that I'm gonna do this in January or I'm gonna get married When I'm 22, yo, all right, cool, you planned, all right, now what? Allah's still gonna do what needs to be done. Make dua for your timeline, make dua that what you want, the way that you want it, comes true. And if it's good, it will, if it's not, it won't. And Allah will give you something better. But don't get so absorbed in the timeline, so absorbed in this was what I decided for February and it didn't happen, which means I'm gonna lose all my faith in Allah. Why, 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 why should something dunya related? Ruin your relationship with Allah. Do not let something in this dunya mess up and ruin your affairs of the ahira and what's to really come. If it's a health, wealth, problem, whatever. Say, Alhamdulillah, let's in this dunya. let stay in the dunya. We leave it here. The patience that you bear, you'll get the reward for it. But don't let the dunya's problems bleed into your relationship with God in a negative manner. Use them to push you to getting closer to God, to be better. But don't let them bleed in in a negative way. With that being said, I think this was one of the longest episodes I've made in a really long time. So I hope you guys liked this episode. Thank you again to Rabata for sponsoring this episode. It is an amazing, you know, academic online program all run by women. We love it. It teaches amazing courses, amazing things. I 10 out of 10 recommend you guys to check it out. The link is in my bio. If you have any questions, just DM me. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have any feedback, it's always appreciated. Take care of yourself. Aslam.